Praise God for our prayer time. It sure matters that the people of God seek the throne together. And I thank God that we can. Many of you are finding your places tonight. Again, I am so thrilled that you are with us and that we can be together. And as you're turning there, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 tonight. Chapter number 5, and we're going to be looking at two verses, verse 9 and verse 10. Your target, your aim. Your aim. How many of you know tonight it matters our aim in this day? Child of God, it matters. If you would, if you'd stand for the reading of God's Word. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, beginning in verse number 9. Word of God says, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body. According to that he had done, whether it be good or Bad. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, I do thank you for your precious word. God, I thank you, God, for who you are and how you love us, God. God, for your very presence, God. I thank you for, God, what you've already accomplished in my heart, God. And God, I'm sure in the hearts of many others, God, I give you thanks and praise. And I ask God now as we've opened your word, God, your powerful word. God, I pray we don't leave the same. God, I pray you do a work in us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As you're being uh, seated tonight, when we examine this passage, and we examine the, the Word of God, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, and verses 9 and 10, we are uh, reminded, we have a great reminder from Paul to the child of God. To the child of God. Not of the rewards that we face now, but of the rewards to come. How many of you know as a child of God there's rewards to come? There's future rewards. And that's what we see Paul here discussing and talking about to the church at Corinth. But as much for them, as much for us. As much for us. First we need to realize that the reward will be determined by our aim. The reward will be determined by our aim. Preacher, what do you mean by that? Well, we have to know what our aim is. You see, when he says that word labor, I'll draw your attention to verse 9. Wherefore we labor, wherefore we labor, you do realize that's every child of God. And this isn't labor in the sense that you would think of the word as labor. But this is aim. This is aim, okay? Aiming to hit the target. Aiming to hit the reward. You see, as a child of God, you don't have to do anything. You get to. You get to. You and I tonight, how we live our lives... We get to serve God. We get to live for God. 
Let, let me tell you tonight, listen, if it's a drag for you to serve God, if it's a drag for you to live for God tonight, it'd be a good thing for you to check your salvation. To see if you're even saved to begin with. Because when one gets saved, and listen, I know, you might say, preacher, you know, you get tired, you get burnt out, you get wore out. Those are real things. But can I tell you, God will take care of those things. Listen, God will restore you. God will bring you back. God will give you that joy that you need to do the work He's called you to do. Now, speaking of that, God, God equips everyone that's saved. He gifts everyone to do something for Him. He has not saved one person to do nothing. Think about that tonight. He has not saved anybody to sit and to do nothing. And everybody that's saved ought to be involved in the work in some way. But it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond outside the church. It goes to where you live every day. How you live your life every day. How you serve God even the Monday through Friday. Or Saturday. Huh? The things you do, the things you say, the how you act, how you love people, how you care. How you live your life. Your aim. What should our aim be, folks? Quite simply, to please God. To please God. You say, that's preacher, that's such a simple thing to live, to please God and aim to please God. But can I tell you, that's why God created you. To bring honor and glory unto Him. In every way you live your life, to bring honor and glory unto Him. I ask you tonight, is your life bringing honor and glory to God? You see, that's an examination each and every one of us has to take on our own. I can't, listen, we can do a, oh yeah, we can do a checklist and have you run through that thing and select multiple choice and all those good things. But can I tell you, that don't mean anything. It's where your heart honestly is with God. Tonight, that's what matters. And it doesn't matter whether you're sitting on your couch at home, online, or you're sitting in the pure chair tonight. We must examine our hearts. We must examine our lives. Not just one or just for a season or for a moment, but all the time. But all the time we should examine where we are with God. Notice he uses that word labor. What does it mean to be accepted? Not to be accepted, but to be ambitious. There ought to be a desire within us for the things of God. Do you know how many people tonight have no desire for the things of God? There's so many. Can I tell you, God can't use that. God can't use that attitude. God can't use that heart. Folks, we've got to care about the things of God if we're saved. We are to be ambitious. We are to have initiative. Initiative in serving God. So that we can please Him. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. I want to share this with you tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says this. Thou therefore endure hardness. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
Now, think about this tonight. And this verse really hit home for me because of all that we're dealing with in our day. I'll be honest with you. If ever there was a time we were to feel like a soldier, it ought to be now. I mean, we're going to battle every day all the time, it seems like. There's something in the way. There's something going on. There's something we're having to push through or to face constantly in our lives. But what does he say in verses 3, 3 and 4? Of chapter 2. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Unwind that one. You know what he is saying? <laughs> we cannot be concerned with the things of this life, with the things of this world, and be pleasing unto God. What does that mean? We've got to be different. We've got to look different. Hey, and I'm not talking about pretending or acting. I'm talking about doing, truly living a Spirit-filled life. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit of God leading you, guiding you. And not only leading and guiding you, but you following. You see, we're quick to always say that the Holy Spirit lead us, guide us, show us the path. But how many times do we say, God, I surrender to the Holy Spirit of God's leadership in my life? You see, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. That's what God is looking for. Yes. Not giving in to this things of this life, but focus on the things to come. I told you Paul was talking about the future rewards. The future rewards. Do you realize that we will stand before God and give an account for everything we've done after we've gotten saved? You, you realize there's people tonight who do not believe that. But can I tell you, that's the Word of God. That's the Word of God. It's not a question about it. We will stand before God. We will give an account. And I ask you tonight, what is it going to look like for you? What was your aim like? How did you live your life? Did you get caught up in the things? Did you get distracted? Did you get off track? Or did you stay true? Stay true to God. If there's anything we ought to be able to do, it's be faithful to God because He's been faithful to us. You say, preacher, why in the world, when the world would we be led this way tonight when there's so many other things going on? Because believers, listen to me. I told you before, I believe God is continuing to prepare us through this. And what does He want us to do? He wants us to know that, hey, we've got to stick to the stuff. We've got to live it. it listen, it's not about just the reward that we receive here. And many of you know you're blessed when you do the will of God. You're blessed when you follow where God says go and how He says do it. Sure, you're blessed here, but guess what? It's about eternity. I mean, how do you want it to look when you stand before God and how you answered God and how you did the things God told you to do? Would there be one that wouldn't say, Boy, I don't want to hear, Well done, good and faithful servant. I don't believe any child of God would say that. No, they want to know that they did exactly what they were supposed to do for God. Are we perfect? No. There's not one perfect but that shouldn't be a cop out to us to not live for God 
to live for God. How many times does that happen? Well, you know I'm not perfect. You might not be perfect, but you can sure try to be Christ-like. You can sure say, you know what, I'm surrendered to Almighty God. I'm surrendered to where the Holy Spirit of God leads me. I want to ask you tonight, where are you aiming? Where are you aiming? What do you mean, preacher? What are you striving for? You realize there are so many Christians tonight are working, listen, and, and, and everybody, let's just go ahead and get our feelings off our sleeve, all right? Can we do that? Can we all do that together? It'd make me feel a lot better. We do that together, just kind of brush it off, huh? How many tonight are killing themselves? What are they striving for? They're killing themselves for the next dollar. Huh? They're killing themselves to get up the next ladder. Huh? Doing all that they can to gain the things of this world. How many people do you know they'll kill themselves so they can go buy this, that, or the other? Yes. How many people do you know they literally miss out on the things God is doing and God's made possible for them because they're worried about the almighty dollar? And you say, preacher, I've got to feed my family. I've got to work. I didn't say anything about that. I didn't say anything about that. God expect a, expect a man to take care of his family. If he don't, he ought not eat himself, right? That's the truth. Huh? But how many times people strive for things that have nothing to do with the things of God? And they miss out. And they live their entire lives. And listen, so many has went down that path. And they missed out because they will work hard. And they will do all these things. And they will strive. And they'll earn the bigger house. And they'll earn the newer car. Because you know they've got to keep up with those across the street. They've got to keep up with those they work with. And yet they missed out on the very calling that God had on their lives. I think about our young people. God help our young people. I wonder what kind of example we put before them. That they got to have this, that, and the other. Well, you know, if you ain't got two vehicles or three cars or whatever, you know, I mean, that's not, that's not success. Hey, how about we start letting God say what is success? Huh? What is your aim what are you truly striving for? And why is it that God's put on the back burner most of the time? One of my favorite writers on this passage, he tells the story of a man climbing a ladder. And he climbed the ladder as hard and fast as he could. And boy, he trampled over everybody in the way and pushed them down. Y'all got a good picture in your mind? May even have somebody in mind. <laughs> Doing all that he can to get up that ladder and not caring who's hurt. I wonder how many peoples went to hell because we were just trampling over them to get up that ladder. God help us. But he climbs that ladder, tramples over them, runs over them, does whatever it takes to get to the top of the ladder. And boy, he gets to the top of the ladder to find out he's leaning up against the wrong wall. Think about it. Think about it. How many are in hell tonight because they were so focused on getting up that ladder they never saw, they never saw eternity coming. 
they never saw the fact of how much God loves them and has got a plan for them. God help us to set the example in front of our young people of what it looks like to serve God and to be more concerned about following Him than getting the next thing that we need. We need a good dose of what we actually need versus our wants. What am I saying tonight? God, there's, there's times God would have us step back and examine our lives. There's times God would have us step back and examine where we are. What are the desires of our heart? What are we striving for in this day? We ought to be striving for the things of God. How about a godly home? Huh? How about living a life, hey, that we can get a reward? And listen, it, these rewards, we're going to throw them back at the feet of Jesus. I have no doubt about that because we ain't worthy. We're only worthy when He says we're worthy. And because we're worthy, because of Him. But it's about pleasing Almighty God. Pleasing Almighty God. Notice what He says in verse 10. Verse 10 of chapter 5. Let me remind you again. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now when he says, for we, he's talking about the believers. For we, what's the next word? Must. It's inescapable. What does that mean? If you're saved, you're going to stand. You're going to stand. What does that mean, child of God? Don't go out there and think you can get away living however you want to. You will stand before God and give an account for it. Will you go to heaven? You better believe you'll go to heaven. Once saved is always saved when you're truly saved. And we thank God for that. But we're still going to give an account for how we lived our life. It's not an excuse to say, I'm saved, now I can go do what I want to. If that's the attitude somebody has, then they're probably not saved to begin with. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. So many people weigh in the balance and they play games with God. Hear me tonight. You, and I know you're, you're saying to yourself, I'm here on Wednesday night or I'm watching online on Wednesday night. What about when people aren't looking? How about when you're by yourself? How do you live for God then? How about when you think no one knows what you do? I'm just, I mean, l- listen, God's re- God is real. He's alive and He knows all these things. We don't have to pretend like he doesn't, folks. But what does he say? For we must. That means we will. We will. The child of God will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And what is he going to do? He's going to hand out rewards. There will be rewards given and there will be a loss of rewards. For some, it will be a sad day. For some, it'll be a sad day. You say, preacher, man, that's a bummer, and I really don't want to hear the negative of it. What I'm telling you is, is that it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. And in the current day, and the climate in which we live, we can still be faithful. We can still serve God. We can still see the victories. Listen, I, I, get, on, I, I get on to myself. Listen to that. That's crazy, ain't it? I get on to myself because a lot of times, I mean... 
the darkness that's around us is dark. I mean, it is. And in our day, we see so much of it. But we don't have to dwell upon that. And I tell myself that we don't have to dwell upon it. We can still live for God. We can still serve God. We can still see victories that God does. So it's not an excuse. Listen, the darkness cannot be an excuse for you to not live for God. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. Well, you know, so-and-so, they're saved and they've turned away. They're not, you know, they're not serving God anymore and that one's not serving God anymore. How many, what did he say? For we all. Now you as an individual will stand before God. So you can think of all the people who aren't living for God who say they're saved. And you can blame it on them all you want to, but when you get in front of God, it's going to be you. I want to encourage you tonight. We need to be living for God, not pretending for God. It doesn't sound good, don't feel good, but the truth is there's a ton of pretenders. In our day, there's pretenders everywhere. They're hoop, they'll come and hoop and holler. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the church in general, okay? So let's just, let's just be real. I'm talking about the church in general. They will come. They'll hoop and holler. They'll have a great time. Uh, wave their hands up in the air. I mean, they know the lingo. How many? You know. Oh, they know the lingo. And yet God ain't done one single thing in their heart because they're not living for God. They'll stand before God. They'll stand before God. Romans 14, 10 through 12. I want to I read that for you tonight. Romans 14, 10 through 12 says this. But why doest thou judge thy brother, or why doest thou set a knot thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. You know, we need to remember that tonight. We need to remember that when we wake up tomorrow, that it matters how we live. Listen, not by the preacher's words, but by the Word of God. By the Word of God, it matters. The work of God, the calling of God should be taken serious. And I thank God that people here answer the call. I mean, we're talking about, you know, nominating committee in there and for a new year of workers. And I thank God that Southside, boy, you go to work. And I thank God for that. But if you're not careful, and hear me tonight, if you're not careful, you know what you'll do? You'll fall into the ditch. You'll fall, listen, you'll fall right in there. Yes, your name will be on there. You'll be working. But if you're not careful, you'll turn away. You'll turn aside the things of God and you'll grow cold to God. And there's plenty of opportunity in this day of darkness. We can blame it on all kind of stuff today. But you know none of it will hold up before God. None of it will hold up before God. 
None of our reasons for being unfaithful and not serving Him. Think about it tonight. None of that will hold up before Him. Following Him, obeying Him is what's pleasing unto Him. What are you aiming for? What are you aiming for? Sometimes we live our life like we're floating on a breeze, man. What are we aiming for? See, it's not going to be your family or your friends or anybody else that stands before God to give an account. It'll be you. Just as you'll be there giving an account, I'll be giving an account. We'll all be giving an account. Man, I don't want a sad day before God. I ask you tonight, what is your aim? What are you aiming for? What is it truly that your heart honestly desires? And it's not enough to surrender one day and then turn it off the next. You know, as, as humans, we're so good at that. We're good at surrendering one day and then the next day never can be found. What are you aiming for? Are you aiming to please God? It's about surrendering and staying surrendered. You know, tonight I I think about those who are watching our witness. Who's watching our witness. I think about those outside those doors who are watching how we live our lives. I mean, we mentioned tonight lost family members, lost friends, maybe co-workers, I'm sure. How How do they take how your aim is? There are many people who want nothing that you have. If you're not living for the Lord. And so many people have been turned off. From the things of God. Because they see how a Christian lives their life. Preacher you're beating me up. Why in the world would you beat me up? No I want to encourage you. Get it right and live for God. Live for God. You know, it just might be you. I think about the missed opportunities we have as believers. So many times it was God calling you. So many times God calling me to be that voice and that mouthpiece, to be that life that somebody could look at and say, there's something different about them. But yet I didn't do it. Yet I wasn't it. Kim shaking her head. She can testify. We've all been there. Don't let the times around us forget what it's all about. 
I thank God for what He's done in this place in these past weeks and months. The people that He has sent our way, I thank God for that. I thank God for visitors who continue to find Lundy Road and the church that's on the side of the road. I thank God for that. But we can't get caught up in the fact that God's done a great thing, pack it up and take it to the house. No, we've got to continue to go out and live it each and every day. It can't stop. It can't just be one time. It's got to continue on. How many others are waiting to hear from us? How many others are waiting to see our testimony? God help us that it not be a lack of a testimony. May we be the ones that stand before God and Him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You know, because you're dying, I'm dying. Preacher, how much worse could this get? Now you're talking about me dying. Yes, you're dying. If the Lord tarries is coming, you'll take your last breath. What's your testimony going to be on your last breath? I know some people that had just a tremendous testimony when they took their last breath. I want that for me. Let us not live for God for a moment, but for eternity. For eternity. I ask you, church, what is your aim? Because what your aim individually is, is what the aim of this church is. Do you understand that? This body's made up of believers, not pews. Certainly not drywall and fans and lights and all these other things. It's made up of believers. The body of Christ. May we really focus in on how we serve. Who's looking at you? Who's looking at me? And who's looking at us? Heads bowed and eyes closed. We're going to close in prayer tonight. But I ask you tonight to consider your aim. Consider your aim. Consider where you're going. The desires of your heart. I can ask you tonight, are you really are you really desiring the things of God? Or the things of man. God's done great and mighty things. And we've seen His hand in great and mighty things. And with our own hearts, we could stop it all. What do you mean, preacher? It takes a surrendered heart. Not of one, but of all. So I ask you tonight, just consider, what is my aim? What is my aim? Heavenly Father, God, I do thank you, God. God, for this time together. God, I do thank you for Wednesday nights, God, where we can come and God give praise unto you and to you alone. God, that we can pray, we can bring our burdens. God, the concerns of our heart, God, and worry. 
God, we can lay it down at your feet, God. And God, I thank you for a people who want to be in your house together on Wednesday night. God, I know there's others joining us online that can't be here, God. God, I thank you for them. And God, I thank you for what you've done, God, in this place, God, in this body. God, what seems like it's been a, a while, you've just, God, been moving incredibly, and I give you praise but God tonight I pray that God we won't want to see it stop God that we won't grow cold or lukewarm God or take for granted what you're doing but God we'll keep our hearts open God God that we'll be able to evaluate God where we're aiming how we're living God, and stay close to you. God, that we might be a people, God, who can, God, stand before you. And God, be able to celebrate, God, how we lived our life for you. God, I ask you now to be with everyone, be with the needs that we have. And God, I ask you to continue to move and work as you have. I thank you and I praise you, God, for you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.